How do I underwrite a multifamily property? Multifamily underwriting basics. Multifamily is one of the most popular asset classes in commercial real estate. If you're looking for crucial tips for multifamily property underwriting for the first time or just looking to advance your existing real estate investing roadmap, then watch this video for cracking the code of multifamily underwriting. Hi, I'm Kevin Hansen, and I'm here to answer your important question when it comes to multifamily investing in 2023. Please hit the like button and subscribe to my channel if you're in for some key metrics and techniques for underwriting multifamily properties. Many people tend to get overwhelmed and overcomplicate the process of underwriting. However, I'm going to help you make it simpler. In this video, we will shed light on the seven most important points that you need to consider for the analysis of your next deal. This is, of course, to make sure that you're evaluating a multifamily deal as accurately as possible. So let's start this off with the first point and probably the most important piece of what you're going to be analyzing in order to begin with the underwriting process. Number one, analyzing the cash inflow. The first step to multifamily real estate underwriting is analyzing the rent roll. You'll need to obtain the rent roll from the seller's broker, or in the case of a smaller property or less sophisticated owner operator, you may need to ask them for this information. So the rent roll is basically a list of all the tenants, their names, lease dates, rental amounts, and all the rents and other charges those tenants are paying. You'll also need a T12 or trailing 12 months of property financials showing the income and expenses. This is a property's operating statement to make sure that you know all of the income items that have been generated at the property. For example, there may be pet rents, parking fees, storage and utilities, just to name a few. These items may or may not currently be a part of the property's income or lease structure. The rent roll and T12 are also going to tell you what your current vacancy and delinquency looks like. With this information, you'll also be able to gauge how the property has performed in the past. You will want to assess all positives against negatives and ask yourself if you feel confident with the in-place base rent and the other income that you might generate from the property. Next, we're gonna talk about number two, analyzing cash outflow. Based off of the T12, you'll need to calculate cash outflows. You need to figure out what operating expenses have been and approximate expenses that are going to be borne for the entire duration the property will be held. It's a good idea to pad these expenses slightly in anticipation of inflationary pressures. You will also need to plan on building a cash reserve in order to handle capital expenditures, also known as CapEx, and even unforeseen events and expenses. Some CapEx considerations may include, does the HVAC system or roof need to be replaced? Does the parking area need to be resurfaced and striped? 
and also what may need to be done to bring the property up to current codes. One of the biggest wild cards in your expenses is likely to be your property taxes because oftentimes property taxes are reassessed upon sale. It's also worth mentioning that insurance rates have skyrocketed. So shopping around and budgeting for insurance expense is crucial. So make sure that you take that into account based on the city, county, and state that you are in to know what your property taxes and insurance are going to be and how that's going to impact your operating expenses while you hold the property. Now, when you've made your assumptions about what your income and expenses are going to be, the third factor that you need to get into perspective is construction and renovation expenses. Many multifamily investors will go into a multifamily deal with a plan to renovate the common areas and the interiors, and this certainly comes with associated costs. Please make sure that you add this to your financial model. I recommend finding a trusted general contractor prior to your search that is available to walk the property being considered and give a bid on the estimated rehab cost. The market your property is in may command a premium for newly renovated units and push rents up to the top of your market. And this is ideal and will ultimately affect your investment returns. Number four, figuring out your growth and vacancy rates. Now, once you have a clear view of your revenues, expenses, and your construction costs, the fourth thing that you need is to add your assumptions for growth as well as vacancy rates. So here you need to specifically weigh market rent growth over time. For instance, if you plan to buy an apartment building in say San Francisco, California, that has the average rent per unit of $2,500 a month, five or seven years down the road from now, that same unit may be renting for 3,000 or even 3,500 a month. So you should be able to account for that in your financial model when you're analyzing a deal. You would also want to factor in the expenses that you incur during the time a property could be lying vacant. Do not assume 100% occupancy, especially if you're going to be rehabbing units. Your vacancy rate assumption will likely be based on what you are observing in the market. Look at the comparable properties and how you plan to operate your property. And number five, figuring out post-renovation rents, also known as pro forma rents. These are the projected post-renovation rents that you can achieve once you actually complete your renovation. For instance, if you're buying an apartment complex where the rents are $1,500 per month, and you believe that by renovating the unit interiors, you can actually charge $1,750 per month, you'll need to include that in your underwriting model. And also, don't forget to factor in the scheduling of your planned renovations, because that's gonna have a huge impact on your cash flows which will also lead to your internal rate of return and cash on cash returns. Okay, number six. The next big thing I wanna talk about is financing. Now, financing is a very extensive topic 
which can be varied and complex. And I will get into more depth on this in later videos. Once you have added all the previously discussed factors into your model, and you have your operating assumptions in place, you need to move on to your financing. Most commercial real estate investments, including multifamily deals, are bought with some sort of debt on the property. Including your debt in your financial modeling is going to be the key to accurately projecting out what your cash flows will be and what your return on investment will be. And these factors include things like your loan amount and loan term, the amortization period, an interest rate, and any sort of interest-only period that you might have. And let's not forget to factor in refinancing assumptions, if this is going to be part of your business plan. And now, number seven, evaluate. Last but not least, evaluate. All the aspects of your multifamily project together up to this point. Let's suppose that you were a multifamily broker and you looked at 10 offers that you got on the same property and chances are you'd have 10 different amounts that each potential buyer is willing to invest in that property. So the reason for this is that every buyer has different return expectations and what they can pay for the deal is very dependent on what those return expectations are going to be. This is sometimes referred to as the hurdle. So once you have all of your assumptions in place, what you really need to do is come up with a purchase price that's going to give you the projected returns you're hoping for. Come up with a price that would generate your target internal rate of return, or IRR. And for instance, maybe you want a 12% IRR over a five-year hold period, or you want an average 8% cash-on-cash return over a 10-year period. Whatever that is for you, adjust that purchase price based on those assumptions in order to create a valuation that makes sense for you and a purchase price that you and your investors feel comfortable with. In conclusion, the steps I've outlined in this video can be and feel overwhelming. But these points will each give you a framework to use to help you feel more confident when underwriting potential multifamily deals and also at the same time make you more confident with multifamily property analysis and ultimately cracking the code of multifamily underwriting. If you've learned something of value from this video, please hit the like button and comment down below. If you have any questions, on what to look for when trying to evaluate your multifamily project. And don't forget to press the bell icon so that you never miss a video from my channel. I'm Kevin Hansen, your trusted multifamily advisor for beginners or seasoned professionals, making you better and better. See you in the next video.